0: Today's program has been brought to you by Fairway Market, like no other market, a New York City institution that sells the best local, national, and international artisan foods for prices that can't be beat. For more information, visit fairwaymarket.com. On behalf of our family of hosts, staff, and the millions of listeners who have tuned in since 2009, we want to wish you happy holidays and ask for your support as we launch our daily in-house news coverage. Please consider making us a part of your end-of-year giving in 2013. Your membership donation is tax deductible and the best way to show you believe in our work and the importance of a free, food focused media resource. Consider donating today at heritageradionetwork.org by clicking the donate button. Thanks for your support and enjoy the show.
1: Can Hamilton, and you're listening to Chef's Story. And today, I have a real honor and privilege, and with tremendous warmth in my heart, to welcome our Executive Dean, Alain Sayac, one of the greatest chefs ever to grace New York, and one with an incredible story. So welcome, Alain, Chef Alain.
2: How are you, Dorothy? Dorothy?
1: I'm very well. I'm very well. Um, it's real. It's you know. I know you so well that it's one of the harder inf- interviews to do because you don't
2: have to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to interview you. You can just make it a story.
1: Uh, yes, right. I can make this story. But you ha- you have such an interesting story. Um, I want to get started right at the beginning. So uh, you grew up in Southwest France in a little town called Mio. What, what's your first food memory of growing up?
2: Growing up, uh, we eat a lot of uh, charcuterie. We eat a lot of uh, mushroom. Um,
1: but what was your very first food memory? Do you, Can you remember?
2: My very first memory, that was the milk. Milk? Milk from my mother. You can remember <laughs> that? Yeah. Oh, my God. No, but I figure, you know. <laughs> But you know, all the kids, you know, uh, have milk, and he was a nurse also come because my mother was, I think, you know, didn't have enough milk, oh. so he was a uh, ladies. You know, at that yeah. time it was plenty ladies over there. Yes. Uh With nurses m- we call them? I don't know. And uh, they have a milk and they come and uh, they they give a milk to the babies because uh, my mother was thinking that it's better to have a, a woman uh, milk that to have the milk from the, any cow or anything. So all my two other brothers, who are younger than me, they have a milk, you know, from uh, someone, you know, I don't remember the name of that person, but I can see, I mean...
1: So how old, how old are you to receive breast milk? Like, at what age do you, oh, you stop?
2: I think two years. Oh,
1: so two you years. can remember
2: it. Yeah, two years. So I remember, but, you know, I remember... It's very difficult to figure. I remember because I saw my uh, two brothers, a younger uh-huh. brother, you know. Uh-huh.
1: It's for them to be more nursed. More I mean. uh-huh. So um, you grew up during World War II.
2: Yes. I tell,
1: grew. tell me what the food situation was like during the war in France.
2: I think the food situation was not uh, so um, excited. It was very scarce because the German who came in a the town. they came in a town only in 1942. But in 1942, the first thing they do it, they take everything they can and they put everything on the side because that was for the troop from the German troops. So it was difficult and in the market, you know people uh, the peasants were scared to come, the, the peasants ran. So the market was very, very scarce. It was practically nothing, and everything was very expensive. And most of the things were exchange. I remember my father was not smoking, and he got get two or three packs of uh, tobacco for uh, every month. So he exchanged that for bread or he exchanged that for some vegetable or anything. And also, at night, my father took his bike. With my two other brother, I mean one brother, one brother was doing blockos for the Germans. So with the other one, and they go in a the country. They go during the night. tack They knock, you know, on a farmer, and uh, you have a little money. You know, you can exchange the money for a piece of pork, uh, sausage, everything I can find. So they go at night, and they take that, and uh, during the night, they come back. But many times when they come back, the police stop them. And they said, the police, they were French people. And they said, Sayak Jules. They call Jules because, you know, it's a small city, they know.
1: That was your father's first name. Yeah,
2: Jules. Jules, Monsieur Sayak, Jules, what do you have in your bag? Yeah, something for my kids and everything. So if you don't give me half, you cannot pass through and we take everything. <laughs> that was like that. And one day, my father didn't, didn't come back because it was winter and he was in a bike. It was ice and he was in a ditch. You know, fell in a ditch. Fell in a ditch. And he stayed there for two days. And he break, you know, uh, one um, piece oh. of his legs. Oh my and he was, but he, he survived. He mm-hmm. survived. They finally survived. And uh, my mother said, you know, uh, Jules, you cannot we eat what we can find here. You cannot go. But Jules go all the time. So you, you want to give food to the kid.
1: Right. So you grew up near um, Roquefort.
2: We oui, 14 mm-hmm. kilometers from Roquefort.
1: Forte. And tell tell us about your memories of Roquefort. Do your family eat it, and how did you buy it, and what is the it like?
2: The, no, the Roquefort is, we have, uh, at that time, you know, we didn't have icebox, we didn't have anything. So after the war, before, I mean, it was one of the brother, older brother, or the younger brother after the war, my <coughs> mother said, Okay, go to pick up, you know, 100 grams or 200 grams of Roquefort to the demoiselle. The demoiselle was someone who was never married, so we call demoiselle. And she has Roquefort, she has wine, she has everything. It was like a little general store, but it was not bigger than here, you know. So it was, And so we go over there and say, Donnez-moi, mademoiselle, 200 grams de Roquefort, s'il vous plaît. Oui, uh, mon petit. And we have also bought an uh, empty bottle uh, entirely uh, for one liter. And we voulons, je veux du vin pour mon papa. Je vais te donner du vin. So they take the wine. So you're, you're
1: a little kid. They give you the wine. They, they give you the, the wine, cheese. And you never go home. You have a picnic out there.
2: <laughs> no, but I, I took that and I bring over there. And, and uh, it was like that. At the last moment, you know, we have to buy the Roquefort. He was, but during the war, it was difficult to find a piece of bread. And the bread that we have, because it was, I have two brothers, but they were not there all the time because one was working for the, making blockos for the Germans. The other one was in jail because he steals some gasoline from the Germans.
1: How long was he in jail for?
2: For six months. Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: They didn't in jail? kill him. Wow, no, they
2: didn't kill him, but they uh, mashed him a little bit, you know. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because he was still in the gasoline to sell, to oh. make money, you know. Oh. I mean, he was, everything goes, you know, at that yeah. time, you know. It and so, so we have a bread, but the bread, we have a piece of bread, and we have G1, G2, G3. G1 are the, the mm-hmm. people who are more than 16. After that, G2, the people on there. And after that, G3, the kids. So we have a little piece of bread. And my mother cut everything. And we go downstairs, it was a little um, a, a woman who sell a little fruit and everything. And we wet everything, all the bread. So we have a little piece of bread. was like uh, maybe four ounces of bread. I was a G, uh, G2 and I was G3 also. She And you have that piece of bread for the whole day. That's it. When you finish all now, you
1: All you had was y- bread?
2: Yeah. No, 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 no. But the bread was very important because the rest was practically null. You have, a, you know, a little piece of this, a little piece of carrots, a little piece of... Uh, my mother buy a lot of uh, offal. And she bought a lot, of, I remember. <coughs> lung. Lung because lung it was... Not too many people want lung, but it was only that that you can buy it she buy long and she make a stew with long it was no bad yeah <coughs> it was no bad. when you think about it season you know i yeah. mean she make a little yeah. bechamel she cooked all
1: bechamel long. with long yeah, how is
2: bechamel you? with long yeah she cooked it slowly at the end she put the bechamel so like this it was no cream so but yeah. you know it's consistent you have a flour yeah. you know and uh yeah and so, but the thing with the bread, so that I remember that very, very, strongly. You have to be very careful when you have a piece of bread. Because you are six kids, and mm-hmm. one after another. So one, if you don't pay attention, you know, they one a, they steal the bread. And you look at them, because you know that they steal, but they don't move. You know their face or anything. So you don't have a bread.
0: Wait,
1: so were these your your brothers and sisters? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so the food was so
2: scarce. The food was very, very oh scarce. my gosh. You were looking for a piece of sugar. You know, when you come from the the school, I remembered, you know, I was looking everywhere if there's sugar somewhere or whatever. And everybody was the same. Everybody.
1: Did you get sick in those days <coughs> because of lack of food?
2: I do not remember. That. I was not sick. Mm. I was never sick until I was maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe 20 years old. Were you.
1: You were hungry a lot of the time. I was
2: very hungry all the time. I was hungry.
1: Did it make you angry?
2: No, don't make me angry because it was a situation like this. You cannot do anything. And I see different thing um example you know we saw Germans sometimes you know passing down with convoys. you know they have a 10 or 50 trucks. And they go somewhere because they say that the makisar, the Magi are the people you know who fight in them. So they pass by over there, and sometimes they go slow. But I was a kid, and I go over there. They do like that to me, and they, they give ask me you to a come by there. they gave me a biscuit, a cookie, a cookie. So no, no biscuit. The biscuit is something that big, uh, thick, salty. And they were eating that all the time yeah. instead of bread. And they kind of cook the bread. Yeah, you know? yeah,
1: yeah. I think we call that hardtack. Hardtack. <laughs> yeah, what It's it. like fishermen eat it, yeah, and yeah,
2: big biscuit. You yeah, know, yeah, big biscuit. So they give you that, and you know, you are yeah. very happy. You know, yeah. and uh, my uh, when I come back home, I mean, it was not too far. It's like here, you know, like a 200 uh, yard. And my mother said, never, yeah. never take. Anything from a German. Never. Once I still, I knew that they stuck a lot of uh, sugar, stuff like this. Uh, And I was uh, with a group of little kids. You know, we were like uh, nine years old, eight years old. And we go on there and we make a hole on there. And I bring, I have a beret and I fill up with sugar. And I say, my mother will be very happy because sugar is very... See, you take that from the German, you take that from them. You don't I don't want it. I don't take anything from the German and throw away the sugar or give it to someone else. I don't want to use that sugar.
1: Wow. Even if she hungry was and
2: prefer to be hungry, but you wow. don't want absolutely nothing. Wow. Except if it's permit. Because once a week they call a l- l- larger family.
1: So d- is that what spurred you to want to be a chef uh, because no, you were not hungry not so
2: not No, not at all. No, uh, to be a chef is because once I was to uh, the wedding of uh, one of my older brother, and I meet his brother-in-law who was cooking in the kitchen. And I talk to him, and he said, well, what are you going to do? He said, you know, I'm going to make some gloves like everybody and everything. But he said, you know what? Chef. I travel everywhere in the world. I was in New York. I was in Singapore on a boat. You know, I was cooking in a boat. It's fantastic. Now I work because I work for my sister and uh, your brother. But, you know, I'm going to go again on a boat, you know, in a week or two. You know, it's very interesting. And I was reading a lot when I was a kid. Since I was five years, I was reading and reading and reading and reading, and I read about China. I read about you know the fantastic uh, you know uh, trip Places, everywhere. All the so I was dreaming, and it's easy to dream because Mio is in a lake wall, and around Mio is mountain,
0: uh, you have a town, river, and
2: mountain. Town. And they have that beautiful see bridge you. now in Mio. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so you can see the sky and everything. So I want to, I want to see the world. And I thought, you know, there will be a, if I make a glove, huh, I will go in Paris, definitively, because uh, we have a, to meet a client and stuff like that. But otherwise, so I said to my father, I want to I be a, a, a cuisinier. We say cuisine in France, and we don't say chef. We say uh, cuisine. A cook. a cook. I say yes, I want to be a cook. said, only women cook.
1: That Your father said only yeah. women cook. Even in the restaurants, only women
2: cook? No, but that was uh, his idea. Yes. Okay. Uh, I
1: guess you didn't go to many restaurants. No,
2: <laughs> not too often. <laughs> and uh, say, your grandmother cooked for the bourgeois. So she is a great cook. So you're going to make a glove like everybody, you wow. know. Because
1: Mio it. was known for glove making, glove right? Making, and
2: making, no, uh, stuff like that. So make a glove the leather people, you know, uh, in Paris, Dior, whatsoever, you know, the whole large company, we make a long glove, small, whatsoever, you know, what the world is, and how smart you have, you know, how smart you are to pick up some uh, order, you know, and uh, so in a city of 25,000 inhabitants, it was practically 7,000 people who was working for the whole industry. So it was normal to have a glove because my father was a craftsman, you know, for the uh, for the for the skin to prepare the skin for a glove. But uh, he has an idea that he wanna open his own business. And he opened his own business. Uh, mm-hmm. and he put, you know, his my two brother in charge. Anyway that is another story.
1: So your father had a glove business?
2: Yes, a little glove business. Ah. Yeah. I mean it was we have like sometimes 80 people working, but they were working on the house. You know, we bring, and so it was. So my two brothers go in Paris, everywhere, in Belgium, you know, anywhere to sell the glove, you know. So it was like that. Anyway, that didn't function anywhere, but that's another story. So to return to what I want to be a chef, for two, three, um, two, three months I said, I want to be a chef. I want to be a cook. And say, so, said, so no. At the end, my mother was with him one day, said, You know, Jules, It will be good for him because he will eat all his life properly, you know, Mm. his clothes. Oh, that's a good idea. (laughs) So the following days bring me to a friend. He has a friend who has a restaurant called Capion, a one-star Michelin guy.
1: Really? So your father had a friend that had a Michelin star, And Michelin in those days was as respected as now?
2: Very respect, very 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 respect. More respect. He was the only one in me <laughs> who was a Michelin star. So he bring me over there. He bring uh, me over there, and he told him, "Look, you want to take my son? He was stupid like you. You know, he want to be a chef. So okay, I take your stupid son. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the following days, I mean, the following day, the following weeks, I went over there. And he told me what I need and whatsoever. And my father. Went with me and buy me knife, but he doesn't have any idea. He buy me a knife who was waiting maybe, you know, two, two and a half pounds, you know. Oh
1: my God. <laughs> that
2: was to to cut the head of animals, so I don't know what, you <laughs> know. But anyway, I still have this <laughs> in oh. my and, house. Uh, and I went and uh, I came with my knife and everything. And on the morning, the chef told me, I mean, they come at seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. The chef was not there but he was another you know, kid. He said, you know, I'm going to teach you what I do it for six months and you're going to do the same for six months. Because every six months you takes someone, you know. No. This is a system of yeah. apprenticeship. So teach me. So he said, take those two buckets <laughs> You take a two buckets, go <laughs> to the cellar, two floor them, all hours. Stair like this, you know. Yeah, sure. practically uh,
1: well, circular stairway. Yeah, down. yeah,
2: go down, but you know, and no ramp, nothing, you know. Yeah. So, anyway, we go down. So, okay, Philip, he showed me how to light the oven because it was no gas, no electricity. I mean, it was gas, electricity, but not for oven or anything, you know. Everything was wood and coal. So, he showed me how to lit it. You have to find the pepper, he told me, go in all garbage, but it's no garbage in New York. In New York, in New York, it was no garbage, practically because it's nothing to throw you know. So you find all the pepper, you cut the pepper in small piece, you find all the pieces of wood that you can find, you have to do that on your own. And you lit like this a little bit, and you put the coal slowly, slowly, so like this, when it becomes a little bit red, you put more coal and more coal. Seven o'clock in the morning, at nine o'clock, the big boss come down and has to be hot. We have a two oven where we make the pastry and we make all the roast and everything. That's it. We make. And the top, no fire direct, you know, flat top everywhere. Wow. And we have to work on that. So I did that for um, six months. Plus I was in charge of killing the chicken. He go in the market. In the market, we buy everything alive. Dogs alive. Chicken alive. Everything alive.
1: We're just going to take a break here.
0: You're listening to D60
1: by Shadowbox on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. welcome back. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton at the International Culinary Center, and I'm with our Executive Dean, Alain Sayac. And you heard New York in the background, and we decided there was too much New York and not enough Alain Sayac. So we've changed our location here at Broadway and Grand <laughs> in New York City, and we're going to continue with Alain's fascinating story of uh, growing up in southwest France, Millau, uh, actually, during the war and after the war, and his early days as a chef and an apprentice. But let's move along. How did you? How did you leave France? Did you come directly to the United States? How did that journey begin?
2: No, no. I was uh, uh, when I leave France the first time. I leave France to go in Baden-Baden in Germany, because it was uh, uh, my first job of chef was in Greece. So uh, the company in Baden-Baden was the old casino in Germany very rich company open uh, on the palace of Imperatrice Sissi in Corfu they opened the first casino in Greece so I was uh, asking him to be the chef over there because I knew someone who couldn't go so he said How can I go could you go so I, said, I try. I'm 27 years old not even 27 but uh, I will try to so I was happy to go over there. So I was in Baden-Baden, drive a, a Mercedes in Corfu, from Corfu. Uh, the Mercedes was a gift for the, the guy who is in Corfu, the, the oh, mayor oh, or oh. the governor or something like that. It's always something, you know, like that. And uh, that was very interesting. I mean, that was for me, you know, the first... Uh, movement outside, you know, uh, for my life, you know, starting to be, uh, to travel. And uh, when we live in, um, we live by boat, we take a boat in, uh, um, at uh, the end of Italy, I mean, uh, on the boat of Italy, and with the car and everything, and uh, it was a lot of, uh, trucks because you know they have to bring everything all the table for the casino absolutely everything and I was travelling with a German guy who speaks French a little bit so when I was driving in a Brenner or Mountain I was so happy to have this Mercedes. My first big car was a sim car <laughs> so I was driving like a crazy and goes on site And you say but it's just a Doucement, 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 we have our time, you know. We gently, are gently. Gently, and so anyway, so we arrive and um, we take the boat and we arrive in Corfu. Mm-hmm. And in Corfu, uh, I have to contact the, the people, you know, for the for the opening of the casino. The opening of the casino was planning, planning with the person who is in charge, you know, of uh, the restaurant, uh, person who is in charge... Of, and he said, You know, I want, uh, uh, we're going to have a caviar, we're going to have a 20 kilo of Beluga caviar. At that time, the caviar was inexpensive, it was like, let um, say, $2,000 a kilo. Now it's $20,000 the Beluga. And we're going to make a mountain of caviar.
1: A mountain? A mountain, of yeah. Caviar.
2: Mean by that, I'm going to have, you know, rice, the rice with the rice. And I did the same thing in the plaza also for uh, a wedding, too. Uh, we make rice and we put the, the caviar inside, you know, oh, on, on like gold, golden, golden leaves, oh. you know, coming down. them. And people, you know, come with their spoon and take whatever oh they want. Oh, my gosh. And that was my, my first uh, job, you know. And I took with me two friends from Paris. The chef from Le Claridge who was, you know, ah, condemned me, you know. I mean, uh, but it's okay anyway. Uh, and... I was working with a lot of people come from Egypt, because Nasser come, and a lot of foreigners were in Egypt, Egypt, particularly Greek. So they speak Greek, they speak French, because they go in a French school, from the Saint Jean de Baptiste, and they go, uh, they speak English, and they speak Greek. So when I arrive over there, I don't speak Greek at all. Even, you know, if I look a little bit, I mean, uh, you know, I know a few words, but that was not enough. And I have a, a guy with me called Gregorio, a short guy, uh, but he speaks French perfectly. So everything I want, you know, and he speaks Greek. So it sounds less. So we go the first day on a market, I mean, on the market, to visit uh, the uh, everything that you can have over there. He was not so much, was not so much... It was a lot of difficulty to have something over there. But anyway, in Corfu,
1: on that island? Yeah, because it has a good climate. Why wouldn't they have a lot it was
2: winter, of... winter. It was November.
1: Oh, okay. November. Even in the Mediterranean, yeah. November
2: is November. Oh, no, November is November. And, uh, they don't have, you know, so much thing that they, get, they import because it's too expensive. Mm. So anyway, so we went to the butcher, to the poissonnier, uh, to everything, the dry good and everything, and each time... The ceremony, they give you a little coffee, oh. a Turkish coffee. Turkish coffee. A Turkish coffee. So I say to Gregorio, I have to take a coffee because of me. I cannot take too much coffee, you know, because I become nervous. See, if you don't take a coffee, they're going to be insulted. Oh, insulted. So you have to take a coffee. So we see like a 10 Martians, and I have a 10 coffee, Turkish ten, coffee. 10
1: merchants The following
2: there. day, I was trembling for the whole day. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't live. I was like that.
1: Oh, my gosh.
2: So, after that, he went, because I was young, you know, so yeah. the whole thing goes, yeah. you know, after, yeah. you know.
1: Let's, let's, uh, you have to tell people the story about the army, and how seriously they take their food in the French army. The you French were, you were a chef in the oh, French yeah. army, right? And you were put in jail twice, right? Yeah. So, I mean, this this Sayak is a is a you got to watch this guy. You got to you got to hear why he was put in jail twice in the army.
2: Yeah, I was put once because uh, the guy who was every morning is a guy. You know, I, I was in charge of the two cuisine. I mean, I was in charge of the battalion two kitchen for for form for the battalion in Barcelona in the Alps, yes. and so you know you yeah, have people who work. For uh, for the is a team in one kitchen, the team in another kitchen. So the team in that kitchen, they make the coffee in the morning, and on the morning they have to be at five five thirty because everybody take the coffee at six thirty, six thirty or seven, it depends. And so the captain called me. I mean, they called me. They didn't call me. Someone called me and said you have a problem because everybody bring back the coffee. The coffee, they didn't
1: want to drink their coffee. They don't want
2: to drink the coffee. Why did they want to drink the coffee? Because it's salty.
0: <laughs>
2: because the guy, take it, it was some uh, pot, Sex. but in the morning, yeah. you know, he was not right properly or he drink before, I don't know what. So he put the salt first, so he figured that, ay, ay, salty. So what he did, he put the sugar after. Because the oh. salt like this, it was not so salty. But he was even Uh-oh. more
1: disgusted, you know. <laughs>
2: so, so you were
1: the you were the executive chef in yeah, charge. Yeah, for the
2: two for the two, two, kitchens. two kitchen. So I don't have to be there, but he yeah. explained to me. Yeah. So the, uh, it was like uh, eight o'clock. You see, the captain want to see you. The captain, the the captain was in charge of uh, because he's always someone on top of you. Yeah. So I went to see the captain. Sayak, did you test that? Say. Yes, I know. I know my captain. Uh, say, said, look, who is in charge of those kitchen? Says me. So what I can do for you? You know what? You have to go in jail. At <laughs> least, you know, for the, you know.
1: So how long were the, you the, in jail?
2: For the first time, I was only three days, you know.
1: Oh, for the first time, only three first days. First time, three days. <laughs>
2: but another all, all time, it was worse because we have a chef. Who so,
1: was, so for the coffee, the salt in the coffee, three days, three in, days jail. in jail. Three days in jail. Yeah, but I mean, you know... I'm, I wish we could do that to a, some restaurants, you know, when we have a bad <laughs> meal. <laughs> Three days in jail.
2: But they have a friend, they bring me some food, you know, it's yeah. no problem at all. I mean, it was the sleeping, it was all not right. So
1: the second time.
2: So the second time, I was in charge also of uh, another company with uh, Barce, uh, Josier, Gauzier. that was high, high in the mountain. It was maybe like uh, 10 or 11,000 feet high. So that company over there, they have a dog, they have a Saint Bernard dog. Uh-huh. So uh, once uh, a week, I bring collect uh, the, uh, from the butcher, from yeah. the little city, I bring some uh, big no oh,
1: bones big
2: bone the, the large bone yeah. they can crack those bones. So only dog who can do that. Really? That means the bone you know from the beef. Oh yeah, the femur. They, they can crack the door. So anyway, I bring the bone, and uh, uh, that's my job. And But we have a chef in another kitchen, who was uh, the most important kitchen. We have a chef who cooks also, uh, coming from outside in the city. He has kids, and he comes. He's not a uh, soldier. He's not uh, a military, you know? Yeah. So anyway, and I was happy to go each time over there because those dogs... They love me because they love uh, They, love, <laughs> they so, love the bones. So I was in the middle of them and I still over there, you know, looking at the mountain for 10, 15 minutes. And those dogs, oh, it was unbelievable, you know. And then come down, the captain, no, he was the adjutant. He said, the adjutant, the colonel want to see you. The colonel is the guy who is in charge of the battalion. See, yes, okay. So the colonel said, Sayak, who is in charge of the kitchen? This is me. Do you want to test those spaghetti? Okay. The spas? So the spaghetti, yes. They were all together, stick stuck up. together. Stuck together. <laughs> stuck together. Stuck together. Stuck together. Like a
1: fire hose. Huh?
2: Why? Because the guy who was in charge is a civil guy, but he was drinking. Oh. So sometimes he drink a little too much. So he put the spaghetti, he didn't put a hole it. he did not move. He put the oh. fo- so when, you know, it's a time to pick up, yes. you cannot say, oh shit, I'm going to do something wow. nice. 600 people, you know, with two or three uh, people come mm-hmm. for 10 people, you know, 10 mm-hmm. people goes very fast. Mm-hmm. So he give those packages of spaghetti so they can eat the spaghetti. How many days? That was a week.
1: (laughs) A week in jail. That was a week. Okay, let's fast forward. You were the chef at Le Cirque, uh, the Maccioni famous restaurant in the 80s when it was in its heyday of every celebrity. (laughs) What was the kitchen like back then? You know kitchens today. What was your kitchen like back then? How many people, how many hours, what was it like?
2: I mean, the kitchen was not too bad, but it was not too good. I mean, the, I would like to say the range was a little old. Um, the equipment. The equipment was a little... The garde manger was okay. It was no pastry. I mean, we they were making the pastry on a table close to where we make the stock. So you imagine close to make the stock with the steam and everything. Yeah. So it was difficult. They buy all the... So, my office was a large office like you. And I didn't understand because it was too armchair and everything, but the chef was before, keep this office like this. So I said to Sirio, 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 we need a pastry. We need a space. It cannot work like that. So he was, said, look, I need just a little table and a chair, you know, for what I'm doing, you know, I don't work so much, I make just the special, I don't write, uh, I don't do so much. And I have the telephone, I give it my order, uh, so I don't need so much space. So see,
1: So you gave up your, your office space? See, I don't
2: have money. <gasps> see, I don't have money to do that. See, you have to find the money. This is very important. Look, we make uh, so many customers.
1: How many covers were you doing at night
2: then? At night, we make 250.
1: With how many seats? 93,
2: 98 98 seats.
1: So you did almost three turns.
2: Almost three turns. And it was not on Friday and Saturday. It was Monday to Saturday. And lunch, 100, 120. And we have uh, where is Daniel now, We can sit 150 people, 200 people. We were making lunch and we were making dinner wow. Sometimes Sometime. you Sometime.
1: had no pastry you had a little no postage pastry. stamp I mean,
2: yeah. so, so we make the plan it was easy it didn't cost so much money because the space was there and you make a pastry so six months after I was there we have a pastry thank God
1: thank, God, thank God so uh, how demanding was the diner in 1980 uh, how knowledgeable compared to now The American, because that was the beginning of the real American food scene
2: I think, uh, uh, I think they, know, they know, they know, some people know. I was before, you know, at uh, Le I did they know what to eat, you know. Uh, Le Cirque was a little more complex because the cereal like to have his speciality. Yeah. And every day, in plus of the menu, 40 items on the menu.
1: 40 items on the menu? When I
2: turn on the menu, we are, he told me, you needed to have 8 or 10 special in plus. So I did it. I did it. I did it. How a,
1: many a, How many cooks did you have in there?
2: I have a, between the uh, day and night, 22. 22 person, Who is not so much because he was very, 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 very busy.
1: Very
2: we, busy. Uh, he was very busy. But we did it. I mean, to me, I like that. I like the pressure. I like the, the to jump on this thing. And uh, everybody follow the whole thing. Everybody is happy because... Uh, and I help everybody, so this work. And I keep a good ambience. I don't scream about people, on people. I told them what I think. They have to do it. I give it three times, they don't do it, another story, the story. You know. But, uh, and it was working, it was working. Sometimes we cut the angle, definitively. But we, uh, the, the food was very simple. Mm-hmm. I mean, not complicated, clear and neat.
1: Was it Sirius menu or your menu?
2: No, it was the menu and/or item that I bring a little Uh bit. People were eating, you know, sometimes they come like four or five times a week and they want to eat only the same thing. It was a guy come, Mr. Schneider, I don't know whom, and he come with his wife close to the door because he was his table only for himself. Close to the door each time he was. (laughs) was (laughs) But he liked his table by and, the door so he can yeah, see everybody coming that's in that's right so he said uh, <laughs> so you're at the beginning introduced me to everybody so I go to see practically everybody and I, I, could you do that yes so I make a chicken for Mr. Schneider and twice a week after that I have to say, and he give me the recipe he said I want an apple inside of the chicken and I want onions I say. Okay. Stuff. Okay. And so I did that for him. He said, it's fantastic. So twice a week, I make the chicken. So I go to say, I go to see him. I say, but he want me to make the chicken not in advance, just to when he's there. So he was sitting with his wife for one and a half hours. No. Drinking cocktail until he's ready. <laughs> so, but I, I, he's dead now. I cut the whole thing, you know. I knew he was coming, so I cooked the chicken in advance, so like this, the table was free a little more before, yeah. you know what I mean. But he was people, he was a guy who well, he was a, a great lawyer, an unbelievable lawyer, and he make, each time he come for lunch, he wanted a nice was salad with tuna, and he won the, the the tuna, box like this on top, you know, the can, he wants the
1: can. He wanted a
2: you can want a tuna? You want a can tuna? Who's normal? Yes. So I said to myself, let me make one, you know, with fresh tuna. Catastrophe. He do not want it. He didn't want
0: <laughs> he it. He want. didn't want the
2: fresh so, tuna. And, but he eat the same thing all the time.
1: So what was the most exciting thing about this here?
2: The most exciting thing was the scenery. The scenery. It was unbelievable to uh, to see the people over there. I mean, you could put a name to every table. Was there and uh, and people were very nice. Uh, on Saturday, uh, Friday and Saturday, they call the tunnel people, the tunnel. Of oh,
1: bridge and tunnel. Bridge and tunnel. Bridge and tunnel.
2: <laughs> Chef, where is my food? Because sometimes it takes time, and they send me in a restaurant. But in a restaurant, I have to go see say. Nixon is there. King Carlos is there. So he want me to go and say, and I have something about the King Carlos. He stayed uh, one month, practically, in the Région Mayfair because his uh, uncle, uh, the Comte de Barcelona, was dying and he was treating, he, he was oh, dying so from cancer. Oh, so so the whole family me. was there. So at the beginning, I went there twice and I said, son Altless. Because he speaks French very well, hmm. or when I come the third time, he said, "What's your name, chef?" I say, "My name is Alain Sayak. Say, "I call you Alain. Call me Carlos. It's no. Simple, yes." Really? So I say, a nine. Uh, Carlos. We have uh, today uh, we have a session for the family. Wow. Do I go there?" The simple they are.
1: Yeah, the higher they are. The well, we've only started to touch on your professional life, and we've run out of time. So you have to promise me we'll come to do a part two. Okay. Okay? okay. So this is this is uh, the end of part one of the chef story of Chef Alain Sayac, who has a fascinating background and has a fascinating story of not just his own spectacular chef life but all of the people he launched to be the great chefs of America today he's part of American culinary history so this is Dorothy Can Hamilton you're listening to chef story today I'd like to say a big thank you to Robin Cohen my producer and Jack Inslee and we'll see you next time thank you Elan
2: thank you Dorothy